0: It's said if you move but one grain of sand, you run the risk of altering history.
1: To trek trudge, although this time it's a it's a very special trek trudge. We're doing a, a detour from the normally scheduled programming to to bring you um, a, a a review, a look back on the um, Star Trek fan film of Gods and Men, released in 2006. Uh, so this this fan film is notable for featuring uh, a, a ton of former Trek cast members, so many, in fact, that I think almost every speaking role in the film is a cameo of some sort from some person. Wow. Um, yes. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't make it good. <laughs> we'll get to that. But uh, firstly, uh, I am joined this evening by myself and by Byron Hussey. Hello loyal uh loyal trudger and uh we also roped uh katya into into doing it this evening even though uh we didn't get her to watch the show hi <laughs> it's it's good to have you anyway. uh, <laughs>
0: uh, Hooray! Thank you. thank you for inviting me even though i possess zero knowledge on any star trek
1: yeah so I have this an is idea, be really interesting actually, for you because it's it's it going to be like a list of me listing like Trek actors.
2: Katya, I'll um, I'll DM you some some comments to say.
0: <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um.
1: So. Of Gods and Men is is on YouTube now as, as one thing, but it was originally released in 2006 as a mini series of three episodes. Um, and that, that probably shows through in the fact that it's just interminably long, even though it's only just under an hour and a half. That's including a trailer at the start. Right. Um, so it was done by the same people who did uh, Star Trek Renegades, which uh, are we familiar with that?
2: I'm familiar from the from the trailer at the start.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, they had a Kickstarter for Renegades a few years ago, and I found out about it after it was over, but otherwise I, I might have considered donating. And that was the same, similar team of, like, Tim Russ, who plays Tuvok on Voyager, uh, directing and starring, and then a bunch of, like, old Star Trek alumni returning as cast members. And that um, came after this one right yes right yeah. so the youtube release has the the trailer appended to it in order to promote the later project mm-hmm. uh and uh because it's a it's a tos the original series kind of show it's set um on on the well on the original enterprise sets and in this case it's the sets from. Uh, the fan series Star Trek New Voyages uh, which had these great enterprise sets up in uh, somewhere in New York State um, uh, which look pretty much just like the real thing they're not I think if you look closely they're not quite as well lit um, but it's pretty amazing what yeah I think James Cawley is the guy that owns the sets and I think it's amazing that he was able to uh, you know settle that up just with a fan budget
2: fellow James
1: yeah. So you, and he,
2: he would plays you say that James you Kirk. generally admire other Jameses more than people with different names.
1: Absolutely. I'm I'm struggling to think of a is there there aren't any serial killers, are there? Uh James there, Edward James almost
0: <laughs> There must be some pretty yeah. James, common name.
2: James Casey. James Casey.
1: Oh, uh, the guy who did the shooting in the Batman movie, that was a James, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, so I admire James's to, a, to varying degrees. Um, the, the, this thing was intended as a 40th anniversary gift to fans of Star Trek, because I guess 2006 was the, the 40th anniversary. Right. Um, and it has Nichelle Nichols, a.k.a. Lieutenant Uhura, and Walter Koenig, a.k.a. Uh, Commander Chekhov I, I don't know Chekhov's rank whatever he is and they're both captains now because you know it's years later
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and have you seen Galaxy Quest? Yes because I I kind of assumed in Galaxy Quest when Tim Allen goes to the, the Starship bridge and he thinks it's a set and he thinks that the weird aliens are, are just fans of the show I had kind of assumed that that uh, was a reference to this movie mm-hmm. um, because he thinks that they're making a fan film and they want him to show up and say some lines on the set and then go home. Uh, but it it can't have been a reference to this particular film because it was that was nineteen ninety nine, so six years earlier. So I don't know what that was a reference to.
2: I think um, I think Katya has a question. Mm. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, just uh, Byron keeps sending me these uh, lines. I have to say, <laughs> but no. I think um, no, <laughs> no, there must be some other Byron. Just um, it's your from r- your
2: your brain, subconscious.
0: Uh, this is a scary thought. If your own brain sent you messages on Facebook,
2: <laughs> well, in a way. All of your behaviors are your brain sending you messages, right?
0: Yeah, just not on Facebook.
1: <laughs> All of your Usually, Facebook activity,
0: myself, originated then... from your
1: brain. I mean, give Zuckerberg a few years, and that's what it'll be. So
2: you're
0: so <sighs> Do you don't have, have, have any questions? No, but you'll have to ask that one. yourself.
2: oh, cat. Well, cat, you actually <laughs> uh,
0: You can uh, read my mind. Direct message <laughs> me.
2: And she yeah. asked me privately, wasn't this directed by Tuvok?
1: That's right. This was, in fact, directed by Tuvok, a.k.a. Tim Russ, who and... is just like such an asset to to Trek, I think. It, it's like he does all these things for free. I, mm-hmm. I just think it's, you know, uh, heartwarming, I guess, that he has that kind of devotion to the franchise.
0: Is uh, the budget known for this film?
1: Oh, probably, but not in the research that I've done. It would have been, you know, extremely bargain-based. I think uh,
2: it was $150,000.
1: Yeah. Does it look
0: like uh, that's the money they spend on it, or does it look worse? Or better?
1: Maybe it looks looks worse.
2: I don't know. I think it looks looks pretty good.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say that uh, the fan films that are being made today 10 years later look just leagues better than this
2: But like that's just an expression of Or uh, just the technology's better Like everybody can afford It is These like really HD cameras and stuff 3D printers for like all the grooves And the Klingon foreheads
1: You can can 3D print yourself a Nichelle Nichols
2: Yeah the whole Michelle.
1: shell mm. um uh, so yes it, it is indeed directed by and starring tuvok even though it's not clear to me that tuvok would have been the right age at this point in the timeline but you know it's fine that's fine
2: yeah it's okay uh, vulcans can, can are really old so they can mm. they can live to be really old stuff yada yada makes (laughs) sense
1: uh yeah and there's an incredibly long laundry list of um cameos here uh which i I guess i could just touch on some of them we have like um garrett wang who's harry kim from uh voyager we have um jg Hertzler, who plays the klingon martok on um, deep space nine we have grace lee whitney who was janice rand in the in the original series and so on and so on. Even uh, Jake Sisko is in it, which I didn't realize when I first uh, first made it, you know, first viewing. Yeah, Sorok Lofton. Yeah. So he'll pop up later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the film opens with a, a wise quote from Nichelle. Uh, she says, It's said, if you move but one grain of sand, you run the risk of altering history. Well, what does this mean, you ask? We'll find out later first uh, we, we get the first cameo of the movie and it's Neelix mm-hmm. it's, oh, um, I know Ethan... that guy yeah it's Ethan Phillips except without the makeup uh, and he gets like vanished or vaporized or something which is too bad for him um, and so is
0: he uh, is he the grain of sand
1: yeah sure yeah he's the grain of sand
2: I think it's um, a, a butterfly but he's the butterfly. That
1: flaps yeah. its wings. Oh no. And um, causes. Uh, uh, Grain of sand. The, who's the guy from the butterfly effect?
2: Oh, Ashton Kutcher.
1: Ashton Kutcher, yeah, he causes him to get, like, uh, molested. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Wow. That's a really dark turn we just took. Which with is this is a shame. Wow. Yeah. But it's okay, because we're going to meet some old friends now. Um, uh, it's
2: also um, okay, by the way, because Ashton Kutcher did that um, racist Indian imitation that one time. In well, there you go. Blackface, then he brownface. Yeah. Uh,
1: so we learned that Captain Uhura is the head of Starfleet Linguistics now, which, I mean, what a post. That's pretty great. Uh, and she gives us a little monologue um, where she kind of explains why everyone else is off camera. You know, they're all off in their respective locations. Um so this uh film is kind of in effect a sequel to the first 10 minutes of uh Star Trek Generations. Right. As well. So in that Captain Kirk uh disappears uh from the Enterprise B and is presumed dead and um then uh, there's a there's a Next Gen episode where it's revealed that Scotty was frozen in a in a time warp or something mm-hmm. so he's He's gone as well. Um, And uh, Spock and McCoy are negotiating with the Klingons, I think. So, oh, they're very busy. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they can't come because they're very busy. But uh, both Uhura and Chekov uh, are captains, and they're checking out the uh, USS Enterprise NCC-1701-M, which is a museum recreation of the original starship enterprise
2: why couldn't they get um uh george takei for this
1: oh that's a good qu- um yeah he is captaining the uh excelsior ship, the excelsior yes and he's off in the gamma quadrant
2: but like why couldn't they get the there's actor there's i mean i feel like this is clearly like just the went, B- team. i'm not doing that unless you pay me big dollars <laughs> that sounds really techy i don't want to do that <laughs>
1: He, he he would have enlivened the proceedings.
2: Mm-hmm. Now I got another uh, another message from Katya. She's mm-hmm. like she asked, um, "Did I recognize Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off?"
1: You did, you did recognize the Ferris Bueller guy who is also in Generations as um, Captain John Harriman of the Enterprise B, uh, and uh, so he he's. He's back for this one, although uh, it seems sort of ambiguous to me in the canon. Like what he should have been doing at this point, I would have thought he would still be captaining that ship and thus would be unavailable. Um, but according to various continuities that I've I've kind of uh, checked over, uh, they 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 have him doing various things at this point in the timeline. One of them is having committed suicide. <laughs> Cheese. I mean, I didn't mean to laugh, but that's really... Yep. Uh, wow. why, like, why would you rate that? That's really dark. Um, Well, that was so that he could be replaced by Chekhov, and Chekhov would then be the captain of the Enterprise B. Right. Um, Then another time, or another canon, has him going down with the Enterprise like a year after this film was set, so that would mean that I guess he would still be captaining it now. And then I think this is the current prevailing official... Canon. Uh, it just has him surviving and eventually being an admiral by the time Kirk comes back out of the Nexus at the end of Generations. Oh, at which point he'd be very old.
2: Okay. Mhm. Uh,
1: but right now he's he's checking out the the museum ship and he um he says uh, hi to his good friend Lieutenant Uhura. who says it's great to how good to see you again, even though they've well never met before in you know any previous media
2: can you um, uh explain why they would need to build a museum ship of well, for fan service
1: see that's uh the thing i i thought that the whole premise of this movie and i was looking forward to it would be like the kind of museum ship angle that you know like it's like oh you you're looking back you're moving on but it's not really actually relevant to the story at all it's just that, uh, so that was the uh the that was the set, set they, they
2: had, had. Yeah. so they had
1: to explain why it looked like an old an old one so missed opportunity really yeah i would say and I, in fact i would say the whole film is a bit of a missed opportunity because it's nonsensical mm-hmm. in terms of plot have
2: either of you ever been to a museum
1: uh, uh
0: no yeah. i've
2: never been to a museum Katya, what's your favorite museum that you've been to?
0: Mm, my favorite museum, probably uh, the British Museum.
2: How oh, cool! Mm. It's
0: a pretty cool museum.
2: They just have. Uh, do, you, like do they have tea? any
1: space things there? Like
0: space things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're trying oh, actually... to bring it back to Star Trek.
0: <laughs>
1: oh no! Just just any any sort of space media, like a a Jawa, or you know. Maybe uh, like a ancient,
0: yeah, ancient, a uh, ancient, um, statues of uh, aliens. Oh. That's uh, that's
2: cool. Really? <laughs> that's really, yeah, uh, I mean, that is cool.
0: I mean, they could be humans, but also could be aliens. Who knows, really?
1: Like the mm-hmm. Easter Island heads. Oh, this is like how, um, uh, yeah if any ancient people are non-white then you can't trust them that they actually built the big things that they have right yes like where'd the pyramids come from there were no Europeans there inexplicable to build those it's not racist to say this
2: no Europeans are the only people that build things that's right just ignore the China wall
1: mmm it's it's hard to ignore though, because you can't actually see it from Space. Space. Can you
0: really say. though? I Perhaps heard not. that it's 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 not RayLo.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an it's an urban legend. Um
1: you can probably see it
2: from from the Enterprise M. I'm sorry for taking us on this tangent.
1: Uh you know, it's it's just enlivening the discussion. Um
2: That's how I thought of it
1: as yeah, so they, they have a, a, a real-life Kirk in, in command of this museum ship as well, who is apparently a nephew of the original James T. Does James T. Played... have
2: siblings in the canon?
1: Yes, he does, but this is not a canon nephew, because oh. apparently there's, there's already some canon nephews, but this isn't him. Hmm. So there's another one and he's played by the guy who plays Kirk in Star Trek New Voyages so the guy who owns the 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 set James Corley Excuse me did you
2: say um, Star Trek Nude Voyages <laughs>
1: uh, no that's a that's a separate um, adult themed series hmm. Um and so he he doesn't he really do much he's just serving to have a cameo from from the New Voyages guy um uh, and, uh, so yeah, Harriman, uh, walks in after Uhura and, uh, I just have a, a note here. The, the thing with Harriman that you see in Generations is that he's, he's kind of incompetent. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like, he's out on the, on the shakedown cruise, the maiden voyage of the first Enterprise B. Um, but he just kind of fucks it up. And, you know, it's a fiasco, and it results in the death of hundreds of refugee aliens and uh, Captain Kirk.
2: Complete loser.
1: Yeah. And so uh, the actor, Alan Ruck, speculated in an interview that Harriman got that that plum job uh, despite his obvious inexperience just because he had family connections, and they got it for him as a political stepping stone. Mm Mm-hmm. Which just, that's real Star Trek. That's that's really, it's really, like, Trek-sounding to me. Yeah. Like nepotism. That's <sighs> <it's>, uh, <clears throat> just, just a note about uh, the character that we'll be spending the next hour with. Um, uh, and so they, they kind of exchange pleasantries, but then we immediately get a distress call, uh... From a from a planet, of course, and I, they don't literally say we're the only ship in range, but oh, you bet they're the only ship in range. <laughs> well, space is very big. Mm, yeah, and they were they happen to be floating nearby, so they go down and they beam down, and it's the the classic um, Vasquez rocks that's uh-huh. always used when they beam down to a planet. Yeah, I think it's where they fought the Gorn. I think. I haven't seen the original series, really, so I don't know, but it's, like, instantly recognisable. Yeah, it's definitely where they fought the the Gorn, I think. Uh, and then upon beaming down, we meet... Ah! Oh, beloved character, Charlie Evans. Mm-hmm. Did you um did you recognise Charlie Evans, Byron? No,
2: I don't know. I didn't know who he was. Well, I didn't know um, either, but he is a... Is that
1: the real name? Yeah, I'm Charlie like Evans. A... He's um star trek characters they have these like kind of boring white guy names like harry mudd and john harrison and it's all uh i think it's kind of like a contrast to like the extraordinary space setting Mm
0: -hmm. Mm.
2: he was a uh like a teenager with magic powers that's right the original series
1: was it the same actor charlie x it is it's the same guy william wellman so, like I said, every every role is a cameo. Well, here's William Wellman's cameo. Um,
2: was this the first to... uh, job he had since the first time he played? Um, um,
1: uh, Charlie, well, I'll just uh, pause my um, spiel to look that up. I guess. No, you don't have to. I'll you, you
2: keep going. I'll look it up.
1: Uh, so he's cranky about something, and he was the guy who vaporized Neelix earlier mm-hmm. um, and so he wants to change the timeline so he does um, and... wait did he, uh,
0: um, did he want to change the timeline because he killed Neelix or yes.
2: he regretted it uh, uh, so he had to go Wouldn't back in time bad? to prevent himself from killing Neelix
0: I, I don't know it's just uh, I wasn't well, sure that's... if uh, killing Neelix was part of part of the timeline I don't know for... if you were
1: paying attention at the end of the film but that's actually what he ends up doing ah re-killing Neelix no killing himself before he can kill Neelix right to, to save us all from this fiasco um I couldn't find the there's a different William Wellman who has the Wikipedia page so I couldn't find oh, I
2: was just looking relevant at his information page. I didn't
1: realize it wasn't the same guy. Um, and, uh, so the thing about the alternate timeline reality that he creates is it's got the same rules, I think, as Terminator Genesis, the newest Terminator movie. Did you see that one? Did anyone see that one? No. no. It's very bad. It's, in fact, it's another bad fan film, isn't
2: it? Uh, well, I, I, like I, I haven't I hadn't
1: seen it, so... Um... <laughs> So what are the rules? Uh, The rules are when the timeline changes, you keep your memories. So you remember both your life in the alternate timeline, but also the life that you came from.
0: So do you fuse with your past self, kind of?
1: No, because you remain in the present. It's just your two present selves. Concurrent. Concurrent selves.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um,
1: which makes no sense well, whatsoever. I think it's like right.
2: the soul remembers, you know, we only have one mm. soul across many timelines and it's imprinted upon by the experiences of the body in each of these timelines. It's, it's his Mm-hmm.
1: Or, or something. Mm. Uh, so Harriman remembers, no, he, we, we see him, um, from his perspective we see the timeline changing um and then we get harry kim's uh cameo um side note do do we know that uh garrett wang uh was one of the sexiest men alive back in the day um this is actually official is it yes in 1997 he was chosen by people magazine as one of the 50 most beautiful people in the world wow
2: yeah.
1: I feel like, um, I guess he's pretty good looking. I don't know. <laughs> well, he's really showing it off in this one because he's got like, uh, long hair and I think he's got like an open necked shirt. And cause it's one of those like, uh, crazy alternate universes. Uh, the uniform policy seems to be kind of vague. So people just kind of wear whatever. Mm hmm. Uh so he's he's, he's really showing off those those world class good looks. Uh and the rest of the crew is obviously also cameo people. We have Lita from Deep Space Nine, um, Chase Masterson. Do we remember her? No. <laughs> I, she was um she was a uh Darbo girl for uh for Quarks Bar.
2: Why would, I, a, why would I remember?
1: Uh, Oh, well she that. was a recurring character. Oh, She wasn't um, just an but, extra. No, she wasn't an extra. And I she was Rom's girlfriend, I think. Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that rings a bell. Uh, uh by the way, a, um yeah. Willie William Wellman Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. did a lot of TV work. Um good for him. Looks like he was even in uh Deep Space Nine. Hmm. He's also in Jag.
1: Great show. <laughs> uh, sorry. Continue. <laughs> so Chase Masterson in this one is playing a green Orion girl, which obviously that that's like the iconic Star Trek thing that people remember for some reason. I never really understood why they remember the green Orion girl. Hmm. I guess just because it's an excuse to have a scantily clad woman. Yeah. Um. J.G. Herzler, also from Deep Space Nine, the the Martok um, is just like a random Klingon it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's some sort of lady who looks like Seven of Nine but it's not Seven of Nine amazingly she's also a cameo the actress's name is Crystal Allen and even more amazingly the role that she played was a green Orion girl in Enterprise wow but not Why green did, in this one. She should. She should have been the green one. Well, you know, I guess they wanted to switch it up.
2: Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the green the, the green thing is that people associate aliens with the color green. Cause it's like I wonder.
0: I wonder who came up with that idea in the first place.
2: It's a good question. I think it's uh, from H. G. Wells, right? War of the Worlds, Little Green Men. Little Green Men, sure, right. Little Green Men, search. I just um, got the um, aliens from Toy Story for that. Wait a minute, Little <laughs> Green Men, Ukrainian Crisis.
1: Uh oh. I think I remember Oh, I
0: know. That. This is a vibe. This is about Crimea. <sighs>
2: Mass soldiers in unmarked green army uniforms carrying modern Russian military weapons uh, yeah they, they annexed Crimea
1: that was naughty of them <laughs> um, and in the meantime we've got some some rebel uh, uh, revolutionary action happening here as well but it's it's Chekhov it's Walter Koenig but he's got an american accent uh now for some reason um and did it's it's surprisingly like bizarre i like it's clearly not his chekhov accent but it, like it sounds odd
2: chekhov had Doesn't an it? american accent i didn't hear i don't think i don't think he did Chekhov I think has, had his russian accent
1: it's it's not though because he's he's speaking chekhov at the start but he's clearly speaking differently now
2: hmm I mean, he sounds maybe he
1: bizarre. I don't. He I does. Don't know if he sounds American. <laughs> maybe he's like trying to do it halfway or something, and he also looks bizarre because he's wearing this like bizarre black wig.
2: Yeah, and he, um, he has like a cool scar. Mm, I have some uh, yeah. intel on little green men. Um, yep. The uh, during reports of flying saucers in the 1950s, the. Little green men came into popular usage in reference to aliens. In one classic case, the Kelly Cop- Hopkinsville sighting in 1955, two rural Kentucky men described a supposed encounter with metallic silver, somewhat humid looking aliens. Uh, wait, they're not green. What the fuck? Many newspaper articles use the term little green men in writing up the story. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Employing journalistic license and deviating from the witnesses' accounts, many newspapers sorry this is this was a dead end i'll keep just i'll keep researching
1: it's just unethical journalism in the end
2: but why did they call them green little there's i still think we're missing the sort of the birth of the uh, the meme but i do have a good Um, picture of a little green man that's
0: (laughs) my brother
2: i can't see it i'll send it to you guys
1: thanks um uh, so his, his name isn't Chekhov anymore. It's Kitrick or something. And he's some sort of anarchist revolutionary guy. And he gets taken to the brig with his sidekick. Uh, and then we go to Planet Vulcan uh, with kind of a, actually a kind of nice planet shot. Like a, a few of the effects shots in this movie are actually pretty passable, I think. But most of them just don't really hold up. Mm-hmm. Um and she's a she's a vul she's a Vulcan in this mm-hmm. timeline now. Um, she's
2: not. She's at a Vulcan. She's she's married to a Vulcan.
1: Right, but everyone just kind of treats her like she's a Vulcan.
2: Yeah, it was also weird because like you couldn't even see the tops of her ears. So.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Her hair, her big <laughs> hair, covers them, so it's
2: unclear. In this if she's timeline, literally. Uhuru was born as a Vulcan. <laughs> that makes
1: sense. Hmm. Yeah, and making even more sense, she's friends with Tuvok. She's good friends yeah. with benefits, I think. Mm. Yeah, um, and uh, they're having some sort of philosophical discussion, and she she derails it to to kind of question the maxim about um, the the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few, and the the famously logical Vulcans are kind of. Uh, unexpectedly hostile to debating their values. It's of to debate. They don't seem to take it very well.
0: They're just Not tired. Logical.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Tired of this pointless discussion.
1: <laughs> what we need now is action. <laughs> right. Um, presumably, Uhura's reason for, for all of a sudden bringing it up is that her prime timeline. Uh, counterpart kind of grappled with the needs of the many needs of the few thing in the film Star Trek 2 II and 3. haven't seen her, either of those. Well that's a shame. Uh, <laughs> that's the whole uh, that's the arc over those two films because in the first one the needs of the uh, many outweigh the needs of the few but in the, the second one meaning the third one the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many. And then in the fourth one, they save the whales. In the fourth one, the needs of the whales outweigh the needs of, yes. Well, it makes um, sense because whales are very heavy. Yeah, you need
2: uh, transparent aluminum. It's to not store the them. needs of the whales, whales that um, out outweigh the needs of the many. It's just the whales themselves. It's the
1: mass. Just the mass of the whales. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I was very, for a, for uh, a movie directed by my favorite Vulcan, Mm -hmm. Tuvok, the Vulcans in this movie are, uh, crap, uh, when it comes to, like, expounding upon Vulcan philosophy. It's all, you know, oh, that's, it's log. that's not logical, that's logical. Like, it's the, it's the worst kind of. Like Vulcan speak.
2: Isn't that sort of how they are in like all other Star
1: Trek 2 though? <laughs> I guess, but the thing with Tuvok was he kind of granted a little bit more dimension to the, this species and, you know, well, kind of, you know. It was the, a black Vulcan. Oh, uh, yeah, but the, the, I, I'm thinking more of, uh, you know, the, the, like, uh, additional cultural um like information that we we gleaned from his like uh you know various arcs and um like he, he, i can't see Tuvok ever just saying oh we shouldn't do that cuz it's illogical like he'd always have a he'd always expound upon his 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 reasons for thinking something
2: i remember one of my uh uncles taking issue with there being a black vulcan when voyager came out Mm,
1: well, that's racist.
2: I think. I mean, I. I don't think. It, I think it was racist, but I don't think he meant it as racist. I think he just mm-hmm. was positing that, like, it seems like a weird coincidence that, like, there would be th- this sort of ethnic. Oh uh, yeah. Divergence among all all these different species on all these different planets that it would all happen in the same exact way. I think that was his but, only point.
1: You know, I think it's a probably a greater coincidence that there would be. What's basically humans with funny ears right. on a different planet? Right.
2: Well, so I won't. I won't name names. So his, his anonymity will be preserved. And uh, all right.
1: So you you give me my give me his address and I will. <laughs> please no. Send him do some, not, some strongly worded oxen. letters. Okay. Um. And so Ahura uh, is struggling to recall her her prime timeline memories. They're kind of surfacing but she doesn't quite know what to make of them. And her husband in this timeline is another cameo. Uh, he was a, a Vulcan called Stone in the original series, and he's played by Lawrence Montaigne, the original actor. Wow.
2: Is yeah, that just, you, you, uh, would,
1: you wouldn't figure it just to look at him.
2: Is that just Stan? Is that the Vulcan version of the name
1: Stan? One, one assumes. Uh, she has uh, multiple offspring. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that we now meet, including at least one uh, child with the surname Russ. So I, thought, presu- I
2: thought she only had uh, some relation. S- Sarah Clofton. Well, he's
1: her son, but yeah. they're the grandchildren.
2: Oh, you oh, so the grand grandchildren count as offspring?
1: Uh, yes, Kacha? I mean, oh, we've lost mm. Kacha.
0: Well, they they, they 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 point to having some offspring, I guess, if you have grandchildren.
2: Are the offspring of my mm-hmm. offspring also my offspring?
0: I don't know. I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't maybe. either. What
1: about progeny? Are they your progeny? I guess...
2: maybe? Descendants. Descendants. They are
1: definitely descendants. That works. Uhura has heaps of descendants. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Yeah, Jake Sisko from Deep Space Nine is one of them. Uh, And they... Oh, his name is uh, Sevar here. And they they have a debate over whether Vulcan should pull out from this timeline's uh, version of the Federation, which is called the Galactic Order. I think Uhura wants them to stay. Uh, I think she uh, just thinks that the Order is very violent and will... Uh, enact reprisals against them if they choose to leave, I think that's her right. reasoning, yeah, and she's right she's yeah she's right, so it seems like in these alternate timelines, Vulcan just can't catch a break because in the two thousand and nine movie, they blow up Vulcan with a black <laughs> hole, and in this right. one they they blow it up as well with a with a doomsday device uh in this case it's launched by the alt universe equivalent of the Enterprise, the the GSS Conqueror, which it's just needlessly confusing, but that know, that's what they that's what it's called. Um and yeah, so Planet gets blown up, but uh some people evacuate and Uhura and Tuvok are among them and they get picked up by the Conqueror and thrown in the brig with Chekhov and his sidekick, mm-hmm. who is of course another cameo his Actor's name is Gary Graham and he played the Vulcan ambassador Soval in Enterprise.
2: So the sidekick, in spite of not being like I don't think he even has a name, does he?
1: He yeah, they all have names, but I couldn't tell you what it is.
2: <laughs> but like he's a shapeshifter and basically solves most of the problems with his shapeshifting. Yeah. So they're a little convenient.
1: It was a little. Was it shape shifting or was it a hologram device that he had? I it thought was, it was a hologram thing.
2: I guess it could have been. It really could have been either, but it might have been a hologram. Mm.
1: Same. By the way, same principle. Incredible superpower. Right. Um, and this will be of interest to no one but me. But um, uh, Vulcan, uh, uh in this scene. Um, uh, reveals that she's in fact consistent in her philosophy and she is ethically a deontologist because uh, she says killing is killing uh, in response to Chekhov being a freedom fighter, saying, I, I kill to serve my purposes, you know, mm-hmm. except he's got his, his, his not normal Chekhov accent. Um, and, and and she she affirms that killing is always wrong, even if it's done in the service of a greater good, meaning mm-hmm. that, that that she is truly a deontologist in the manner of Immanuel Kant. Right. Uh, and not a Vulcan because no Vulcans are deontologists. That's an illogical uh, position. It's Yeah, it's pretty damn illogical. Um, and she's also pretty un-Vulcan-like in the way she just kind of has emotional outbursts.
2: It's an interesting um, parallel with the uh, recent recent news. Just to date this podcast, we just had this, uh, this idiotic... Um, uh, Tina Fey sketch on Saturday night live sort of uh, oh, I saw putting like forward like
1: headlines about this but I don't have the story I don't know the context
2: Basically it's just like this uh this uh weekend update where she mm-hmm. she you know she's like really upset by all the news she went to University of Virginia or whatever that it, school that school is down there um mm-hmm. and she basically was like I'm going to start this new trend of called uh sheet caking, you know? So where you stay home and eat a sheet cake instead of, you know, going and fighting the Nazis. Uh, and basically oh. the whole thrust of it is like, if you, you ignore them, they'll go away. Um, and she's getting a lot of heat for it. Cause it's like, Oh wow. That's your privilege. I guess <laughs> that you can just ignore this because it doesn't really affect you or something like that. Oh. Um, but like, basically it's like, Oh, you know, you can't go. Don't, you know, don't go Punch Nazis—that's exactly what they want,
1: you know. Ah, yes, that's what they want you to do. Richard Spencer loves getting punched. Mm-hmm. Um, probably now, does. Do we is, do we have any inkling of why she chose the particular dessert of sheet cake? Because I'd think, never heard of sheet cake prior to this incident.
2: It's—I mean, it's just a—it's just a cake, you know. It's like a big oh, cake.
1: Okay. Um, it's not like very thin, like a sheet.
2: No, I mean it's it's pretty thin, but it's like it's like big. It's a lot of cake, you know, as opposed to just like okay. one round cake. Uh, mm. But no, I think it's just like maybe a
1: maybe an American thing. Hmm. So Tuvok mind melds with Uhura, and he unlocks her her prime timeline memories, and she realizes who Chekhov is. But of course, he isn't having it. Because uh, why would you believe a, a crazy story like that? And then they escape with the convenient uh, holographic appearance alterer and uh, take over the ship with uh, the auxiliary control thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Sort of like when um, uh, Ferris Bueller got um, Cameron to uh, steal his dad's car.
1: That's right. A little exactly bit exactly like that. Except with more holographic appearance changing. No, um, same amount. The same, same. Because remember amount, same when Italian sports cars?
2: When um, Ferris um, used that holographic appearance changer to pretend to be Sloan, Peterson's father.
1: Oh yeah, I do remember. I've never, I've never actually seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh man!
0: Spoilers. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go watch it next week.
1: Really? Oh. Huh.
0: Yeah. I saw yeah. the clips
1: of it in uh, Spider Man.
2: It's good. It's a good movie. Mm. There's a scene where um, uh, Matthew Broderick uses a, a holographic um, transformation device to pretend to be Sloan Peterson's father.
1: Mm. Wow. Really good. Yeah. Um, uh, and then what do they do then? Oh, yeah, this is really weird. Uh, Alt Chekhov sets the conqueror to self-destruct in some mm-hmm. sort of kind of kamikaze ploy, but right before it blows up, his sidekick turns it off and phases it so that he can't do it again. And, uh... Um... He, he, Chekhov says that he wanted to kill them all for, for freedom, mm-hmm. and uh, Uhura makes a very pertinent point, which is, how does killing all of us relate to freedom? Hmm. Which I, yeah. I thought was, yeah, quite pertinent and uh, uh, appropriate for a deontologist.
2: Right. And sort of like the um, new World Trade Center in New York, how some people call it the Freedom Tower. And it's like, why? Why? What does it have to do with freedom? What did 9-11 have to do with free, with freedom?
1: Tell me this. Uh, that was uh, political framing. Right. Um, you, you were free to... Um, uh, to commit a terrorist attack Against the United States so that, That's the message <laughs> uh, Oh maybe I'm, I'll get back to you <laughs> you're, all, on that one. you're
2: all free to do it uh, I mean like I guess we're all Free to commit Crimes And then Face the consequences Of those crimes mm. Unless yes. we're physically restrained We are free to
1: Do the bad thing Right up until we're punished. And then you are free to have your freedom deprived from you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Until you are released and thus free to be free once more. Um, uh, uh, She says that we've done nothing to deserve death, but he asks her, what have you done to deserve life? Hmm. Which, um, uh, that's that's a... Oh yeah, good counterpoint. Does, um,
0: does he have any points, like uh, to what they should have well, done I, to deserve life?
1: Yes, I think his point is that they, Vulcan wasn't involved in the resistance like him. They were just sitting there, you know, talking about morality with each other in their little, you know, gardens, while the rest of the galaxy was getting on with business. Mm-hmm. So I think he feels some resentment towards them uh, not having helped the cause. Uh, and unfortunately, Tuvok was was shot during this escape attempt, so he's um, he's having a bit of a die right now.
2: Hold and, on, Tuvok. Hold hold yeah, on. Hold
1: on, because before he goes, he has to uh, mind rape Chekhov to unlock his, um, his his prime memories. And I, I seem to recall that there was a an episode in one of the series about. Uh, like non-consensual mind melds being like, like, like very heinous violations. Well, he he had to do it. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm. Uh, well, and there was an AIDS allegory at one point, I think. Wow. Just, just in this. Really, I missed that. No, not in the, No, in relation to mind melding. Oh, like. Do you, um, can you
2: get like some kind of psychic aids from a mind meld?
1: Yeah, wow, yeah, that's an enterprise thing. You can get um, mind meld aids. That's that's really dark. That that was actually the closest that um, Star Trek shows came to acknowledging gay people. I think was that one. Aside yeah. from the the space gay like lesbians mm-hmm. and stuff.
2: Um, um, I have to I have to step away from the microphone for for a second um okay. feel free to continue uh, I just absolutely I'll be right back please enjoy
1: uh, so unfortunately Tuvok dies um mid uh catchphrase um, please phrase. don't talk about me while I'm gone by the way all right Wait, uh, why, so, why does he die um he was phased uh and uh he he goes like may you live long and pro oh, uh, uh.
0: oh. And,
1: cocks it, which is really sad. That's really sad. Um, and then uh, by this point in the film, I was kind of going, like, can you guys please, for the love of God, hurry it up? Because uh, nothing kind of seemed to be happening. So I've got my synopsis here, but I'm going to try and kind of, like, jump through it uh, just because I, uh, I don't really think that it, it merits it at this point. Um, so they go back to the planet where the timeline uh, was changed, the, the desert planet that um, they fought the Gorn on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, this is, this is fun. Chekhov reveals that he is still the same guy, Chekhov, but he changed his name to Kittrick after the alternate timeline, Captain Harriman, killed his family. And so it's unclear why his accent changed.
0: Was he trying to hide or like?
1: Well, perhaps. Um, I guess just what I would ask you as an authentic Russian person is, do you think Mm -hmm. if your family was murdered by a space captain and then 20 years passed uh, and you had been somewhere else, uh, do you think that your accent would have changed at all?
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like a psychosis thing. You know, you're trying to get away from your real personality, and also think of the traumatic past.
1: That could yeah. that could be it. And you know, the uh, Walter Koenig's uh, visceral performance just really gives you insight into into the uh, emotional devastation that uh, that <laughs> that that would have mm. caused him. So I find that that theory entirely plausible.
0: Well, um, um, as an authentic Russian, I can tell you that. That young actor who died, who played Chekhov in the oh, yeah. latest uh, Star Trek Very results. sad. Yeah. Yeah. He had a pretty good uh, Russian accent. Yeah. Um, well, Anton, Anton Yeltsin
1: actually had some Russian heritage, didn't he?
0: Well, judging by his name, yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, also, it, it kind of sounded like uh, not just Russian, but like how people talked in, like, Soviet Russia, like, in the 50s or something. Yeah. You know? That, that was uh, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I The thing that I know about that is that he knew that the changing Vs to Ws was not something the real Russian people did, but he just did it for the role anyway because it's something that uh, Koenig had done originally. Mm. That's That's, like, a Polish thing, I think.
0: Well, um... Uh... We have only one sound that somewhere in between in between V and a W, uh-huh. so kind of kind of makes sense, I guess. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a great shame about Yelchin. I, th- I thought he was uh, one of the better cast members from the from the new movie, and that he was just kind of a talented young actor in general. <sighs> so yeah. it's it's sad. In the meantime, uh, in the alternate timeline, uh, they somehow convince uh, Captain Harriman to come down and fight Chekhov uh, one on one. Uh, but then they just he, they just convince him to be friends with them instead, and they transport to the planet. Uh, and they meet Charlie again, who is now repentant, and gives them all their memories back, and reveals that oh, this is the this is the big reveal. He used the timeline changing thing to kill Captain Kirk's mother before she was born.
0: Oh, no, no, not before she
1: was born, before he was born. Which is yeah. again like Terminator. So this is like um this is like the whole premise of, of Terminator Genesis right here in this uh fan screenplay. There's a little bit of um, Star Wars thrown in too with
2: the Death Star. Oh yeah, for sure. Kind of like uh, anytime there's any kind of fan script It's like oh well it's this Term- Terminator 2 A little bit of A uh, little Star Wars
1: Sort of There's some Predator in there Predator, there.
2: predator it, in
1: funny, there It's the, funny uh, No in the credits um, They credit a bunch of Old Star Trek authors like uh, with, with credit to the works of And one of them is Harlan Ellison And uh, it was his works that inspired The original Terminator Oh, I didn't know that. So hey, yeah, it's true. It's
0: uh, kind of like when you write a research paper and you cannot, um, you cannot put uh, Wikipedia <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the list of sources. So you go one step back mm-hmm. and right. fa- fa- find another author. That's um, cunning.
1: We're clearly dealing with cunning screenwriters who just masterfully know how to capture elements and combine them and weave them into a story harlan harlan um, ellison did a uh, he had like a
2: uh, op-ed um sort of andy rooney style um mm. op-ed on the uh sci-fi channel um uh sci-fi journalism show sci-fi buzz in the early 90s
1: okay did we learn anything fun from it he was he was just kind of cranky Oh, I can I can believe that. I know that uh, he had a dreadful relationship with Gene Roddenberry because, like Roddenberry, like mangled one of his scripts or something.
2: That might be true.
1: Um, oh, then a bunch of boring stuff happens. Um, we get a cameo from a Battlestar Galactica guy who's another captain from the Rebel Alt chekhov faction. Then we have a huge space battle. There's some sort of uh, Emperor guy from the Galactic Order who. Um, seems to me to be the only guy who's not a cameo Um, but I might be I might have just not looked that up right Um, but he is playing an old character Um, he's playing Gary Mitchell from the second original series pilot where no one has gone before so that's Mm -hmm. another guy who gets godlike powers I understand Um, I
2: think the uh, probably the children on Vulcan weren't cameos either
1: well, if, if one of them is a Tim Russ, uh, uh, you know, offspring, that kind of counts as a cameo, doesn't it? Yeah, true. Seed um, of Tuvok. Right. But that's only one. Oh, right. Or well, maybe the other one is like uh, um, DeForest Kelly's grandnephew or something. <laughs> uh, the Emperor Guy has white eyes, which it's probably not notable. Um, we, we meet Janice Rand. She's his sidekick for some reason. I couldn't figure out why she seemed to be simultaneously good and evil, but there you go. Um, there's some sort of absurd farce with, uh, uh, Harriman getting killed, but it wasn't the real Harriman. It was the hologram guy. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then he, he kills, uh, Garrett Wang, which is, that's a shame. Um, yeah he was uh, um, he was really sexy, yeah well, you know um too, too sexy to live, i guess what was the uh what was his uniform why was like it was like a of a halloween costume it seemed like mirror universe, like it's like just sexy open shirt
2: mm-hmm but know? like
1: why was he the only one that was wearing something like that? Uh, it must have been a function of his rank.
2: <laughs> have held the sexiest rank on the ship
1: yeah well i mean you know can you name anyone sexier on the ship because no. i sure as hell can't no way it's weighing all the way baby oh yeah Mm-hmm. uh we're getting close to the end now they they uh take back the bridge and and they kill the the crew of cameo actors um and down on the planet, Uhura and Charlie X are facing off against the wide-eyes Emperor Gary Mitchell. Uh, the actor's name is apparently Damon Groll, which sounds like a Ferengi name to me. Yeah. So sounds, I wonder if maybe it's a pseudonym. Sounds like a Ferengi, I guess. Well... <laughs> um and they, they do the uh, one of my favorite least favorite tropes uh, the old battlefield earth turn off the sound to emphasize drama during it like a an intense sequence thing and they do that for one when they're shooting up the, the bridge oh yeah um can you hear is, like some... a slow heartbeat through it uh no I think we skipped the heartbeat maybe didn't have the budget for that <laughs> Um, uh, Chekhov says, where's Scotty when you need him? Which, uh, you know, like funny line, ha ha ha, if only we had the engineer here. But actually, it's a good point. In this alternate timeline, Scotty should really be available and ready to help out. So I don't know where he is. Yeah. Because he hasn't been captured in a time warp, like in the prime timeline. Yeah. Um, and then this is great. Uh, Uhura sings Charlie a little motivational song, and as a result, he becomes an adherent to the Prime Directive. Mm-hmm. And then he travels back in time to the Prime Timeline and phases himself dead before he can fuck anything up.
2: Yeah. That's how time works. everything. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Here's the question, yeah. though. Mm. If he he killed himself... um. He how was he alive to kill to, himself?
1: To kill himself? Yeah. Nah.
2: Answer me that. Riddle me that, Sheaves.
1: <laughs> uh, perhaps it was a, a side effect of the of the timeline altering Big Rock thing that he had, that he could um uh, uh, avoid causality in this manner.
2: I guess in like Back to the Future, which I think does have the. Actual rules of time travel, like when <laughs> it takes it takes a while f- for you to disappear from existence. Like remember ah, right. uh, yeah. Marty's siblings in the photo, sort of gradually disappeared. They, like, no, it's just uh,
0: somebody takes a picture of them uh, mm-hmm. being a specter or something. Right, <laughs> that's it's what a... actually happens. It's a different timeline. They mm-hmm. become mm-hmm. a ghost. Yeah, or was, a hub body, or just a hand.
1: Mm-hmm. hand I would like to, person. yeah, I'd like to see stories set in that timeline where Marty has, uh, you know, disembodied limbs for siblings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my brother just he doesn't have a head. It's okay, though. It's okay with us. It, we still, have, we right. still love him very much. Yeah. And, you know, also, he's partially, you know, uh, like, phased out of existence. That's fine, too. He still can it's, be you know, whatever he wants. Don't judge to be in the world yeah just find yourself (laughs) um and back in the back in the prime timeline for some reason the prime uhura decides to remarry the guy that she was married to in the old timeline which i guess is nice for her
2: yeah except for like presumably they were much younger when they got married in the old timeline so it's sort of like Mm -hmm. like too little too late right and clearly she can't have children anymore right like ben Sisko's still still gone
1: from existence forever so that's mm. sad yeah but you know like how like uh the the vanishingly small chances of a particular sperm me- meeting a particular ovum means that you know uh, facilitating his reconception in the first place would be almost impossible
2: yeah but i mean it, i think that raises a moral question similar to the fate of tuvix Hmm. Um, which is to say, even though Tuvix was created by accident, what, did he still not have a right to exist? Weren't there yeah. many billions of people in this new timeline, which were now erased by
1: going back to the old one? Um, yeah, and, and furthermore, it was done uh, through the act of, of a guy uh, like you know doing some killing, which, of course, right. Vulcan Ahura knows that killing is killing, and you should never kill under any circumstances.
2: Right. And maybe they would argue, well, you know, this timeline sucks. Like, we've got a shitty federation. <laughs> but, so what I you're mean, saying is
1: the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few.
2: Yeah, except for that, like, even in a shitty timeline, th- at least those people got to exist, right? Mm, yeah. Like a uh, green leader. Yeah, green leader, like green leader. exactly. I don't, I, don't
1: what, um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, God, I think I... Uh, oh yeah uh, So like most of um, What happened in this movie Doesn't matter Because it, it was just In an alternate timeline That never happened mm-hmm. um, But then uh, This Uhura Marrying her Her old timeline husband in, in real Prime timeline That's That's prime Like kind of That's canon I guess Yeah so That's kind of like The one thing That you can take away From this
2: I take it I'll take it away
1: Great if 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 one considers it canon at all, um, I don't. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Wait, you, James, you consider it canon?
1: Oh, do I do I consider it canon? Um, kind of. Uh, uh, I, I I can consider it canon if I can think of a like a better version of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about can you, Kaja, you've considered to be canon sure oh wow Why that's not? really really charitable it's really generous yeah yeah yeah
0: give it now, a chance um, byron so lost. i
2: really i feel like a prick now
0: <laughs> well, well you, you should you really should how could you
1: okay it's canon i say it's canon yeah It's canon. It's good stuff. And uh, some other canon things that happen is Chekhov becomes the ambassador to Vulcan, which, uh, all right, that sounds plausible, I guess. And Harriman, like, takes a leave of absence from Starfleet to run for the Federation Council, which I don't really get. Like, he's just, like, he's swapping one career for another. I mean, I guess it, it fulfills, uh, actor Alan Ruck's prophecy that his captainship was just a, a political stepping stone. Yeah. So this
2: sort of give, gives credence to what he, his, the um, maybe this is just what you just said. And cause I wasn't, I got distracted <laughs> by something, but so this gives credence to, to Alan Ruck's uh, fan theory about his own character, right?
1: Yeah. Just because yeah. it wasn't a very well-written character.
2: Yeah. And now I was just reading a funny uh, cartoon strip about um,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, the, it's the Scooby-Doo gang and they've got like a, an, an alt-right Nazi guy tied to a chair and they're like, right. let's see who's finally see who's behind the mask here and who the, who Can
1: this alt
2: all right Nazi guy really is. And they take off a mask and it's just like the exact same guy. It's like, oh, it's just a Nazi. It was just a Nazi oh, the whole man. time. And then the, the, Scooby-Doo. There's been a lot of Scooby-Doo in the, like, in the news recently. Uh, yeah, Scooby-Doo's like, no shit, Velma. That's,
1: uh, that's, that doesn't sound like the authentic Scoob voice. <laughs> that's more like it. Yeah, did you guys see the video of the Nazi who um, got confronted by some protesters and Took off his shirt in order to placate them. Yeah, it was good. He's like, I'm not really... I'm not
2: really... I don't really do this. I'm sorry. I'm dude, sorry. Dude,
1: look, look, it's... I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not a racist. It's just me. I was just wearing the shirt. And saying the, the awful things. It was fine. Um, I forgive him. In Australia, we had a, a little Scooby-Doo incident as well, where um, our, uh, like... Our politician from the like the furthest craziest right wing that we have, um, whose name is Pauline, she recently showed up to the Senate uh, wearing a, a full burqa. Oh yeah, oh, I saw I've that. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, and and everyone rolled their eyes. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And then she she pulled it off, kind of like Scooby Doo style. Like it is I, Pauline, all along. Have another drink, oh, Pauline. Time.
2: Have another drink.
1: <laughs> um, and the last cameo that we have is Janice Rand shows up again, and she gives Chekov a tribble. But don't worry, it's a it's a new to tribble, and we all oh. had a good laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I could have had it. I could have standard to have another tribbles episode if they if they wanted to make a tribbles yeah. movie.
2: Yeah, they if should you want make a triple on, on the museum maybe. ship. Maybe the tribbles get assimilated by the uh by the Borg. Yeah. Great. Good idea. Mhm. And they could
1: reproduce with great efficiency.
2: Yeah. And then basically the universe would be taken over by like a gray goo. Yuck. You know the gray goo theory of like nanotechnology. Uh no. You make like a,
1: you know, like a nano robot, right? And it reproduces and it will just reproduce and reproduce and turn everything into itself, which would be... just
2: a massive gray gray goo. So transform, gradually transform the universe into gray goo.
1: That's that's no good. Mm -hmm. Uh, This film kind of felt a bit like gray goo, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, particularly because, like,
2: the protagonists were such... Gross old people, right?
1: Yeah, like, well, or that so much. Really old. <laughs> I mean it it's it it I didn't mind seeing, you know, uh Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, you know, in in New Star Wars. Yeah, movies. but there was also
2: some like cool young new
1: stars. Right, like your uh your, your Captain Harriman. Yeah. Yeah, he's like uh, like forty five. Yeah, you know
2: he's youthful. Mm-hmm. Youthful, got that youthful exuberance. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think old people
1: are great. Uh, oh yeah, just... they're, they're they're great. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Katya, what, what what did you what did you think of of this film Star Trek of Gods and Men?
0: Um, I'm glad that it exists. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know that I've spent my time on something better than watching it.
2: <laughs> yeah. But you did oh, not yes. spend your time on something better than podcasting about it.
0: <laughs> well so the joke's on be, you. What could be better than this though? Yeah. Guys?
2: That's true. Just that's right. Chatting with some some buddies. Just shooting the breeze.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm really I'm really grateful to both of you for, for joining me. I promise, if I do this again, I'll actually watch the thing before I make you watch it, and I'll uh, make make sure it's a good one. That's next that's time. fine. That's fine.
2: I kind of like I kind of like the idea of doing these um, sort of bundled with the uh, the next generation episodes, if only because there are just so many of those to get through. We we have to, yeah, nice to just check I, them off the list. <laughs>
1: I figured we might need a little variety, particularly seeing as I think we're still stuck in the season one ghetto where the show was just not very good. Right. <laughs> right. But we, we just have to but persevere. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, thank you, audience, for joining us. And I hope you'll join us next time on Trek Trudge. So live long. And in the immortal words of Tuvok, pro. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs>
2: Thanks. May Thanks, the guys. force be with you. Bye. Bye.